Kia ora, welcome to More Than Theology, the Pathways Bible College podcast. Today, our guest is Russell Granger, a man who will be well known to many of you, our listeners and viewers. Uh, he's a man who wears many hats, uh, some of which include he's a senior pastor at Mount Wellington Community Church. He's a CEO at Mongaray Community Christian Trust. He's a chairman of My Camp Board and also New Zealand Country Office Director for Reach Beyond. So, Russell, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Kia ora. It's a real pleasure. Thank you. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about what to do when you're in a church that is struggling, perhaps um, feels like it's dying in some way, and um, how you can breathe new life into uh, a struggling church. And um, Russell's a man who has a bit of experience in that. So he's talking from real world experience and um, able to speak into this really important topic with a lot of insight. So Russell, just to start with, um, for our audience who don't know you, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, including the kind of work you're doing right now and what you've done in the past. Sure. Um, so uh, I'm married. I've uh, been married to Gillian for 37 years. Uh, we have uh, four children, three boys and a girl. The oldest boy is uh, 30, uh, and our youngest one, uh, the girl, is 23. Um, they've all left home now and all making their way in the world. Um, I'm an electrician by trade, so I left school when I was 16 and um, went and started doing an electrical apprenticeship, and uh, I've loved that. Uh, spent a long time doing that and used that in submission service in my younger years. Uh, and then I got into sales, became sales manager for a couple of different companies, and then uh, 27 years ago um, got a, a call from God to um, replant a church in Mount Wellington here. Um, so so that's me. I'm an um, electrician by trade, a um, salesman by profession, and a pastor by choice. Yeah, Great. Fantastic. And you just touched on it now, but um, Mount Wellington Community Church, um, we, of course, as I mentioned before, talking about reviving an ailing church. Um, and with your experience with Mount Wellington Community Church, that's really what we're wanting to zero in on. Um, so, what was the church like when you arrived on the scene, so to speak, and started doing that work, and, and how is it today? Sure. So um, I was an elder at uh, a church in, in Epsom called um, Nairi Avenue Bible Chapel. Uh, I was an elder there, and the elders from Sylvia Park uh, Gospel Chapel, as it was, uh, had got to a stage where they realized the church was unsustainable. So on a average Sunday morning, they would have seven to 11 people coming along, um, almost all of them elderly. And uh, so they uh, wrote a letter to Nairi Avenue and they said, look, we, we need some help. So myself and another elder went down and, and met with them and had a look. And I did a bit of research around the uh, area and found out that there were four full primary, which means um, year zero or year one through to um, year eight in the area. So there was no shortage of families, no shortage of people. Um, so we knew, and then I looked at the other churches in the area and saw that they weren't um, full or um, or reaching many people either. So after a period of time, um, uh, prayer, it was actually nine months, um, we of uh, people from Nairi Avenue and the elders from um, Sylvia Park 
getting together and praying, uh, we decided that it was the right thing to move um, to Mount Wellington and to um, work with the church there. And that's what we did. So um, in uh, 1996, um, we uh, had a celebration service for Sylvia Park Chapel and all that it had been and all that it was. Uh, and then the next Sunday we started um, with Mount Wellington Community Church. Um, new vision, new new way of doing things. Um, and so now we, we aren't a big church uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, on, a, on a really good Sunday morning we'll have maybe 80 people there. Um, but we have a very, very big footprint in our community. Uh, we're well regarded by local um, uh, businesses, the local council, um, other not-for-profits in the area. And um, we have a larger than what is normal percentage of people with emotional, physical, um, psychological dysfunction. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and obviously, I mean, that is a big increase in numbers, even if um, in the grand scheme of things, you might still class yourself as a small church, um, you know, going from, what did you say, seven to 11 um, at people who perhaps were in the older age bracket to 80 odd, it's a big increase in numbers, but there's all these other indicators of um, health. And you've obviously gone from a, being a place of the church struggling to a place where I'm sure you'd say not without its problems, but is is flourishing and um in much healthier place so when you look at back at that that time how's it happened in a nutshell how have you gone from being a struggling church to one that's thriving yeah um yeah so we we are actually a, a really healthy church there's mm. not a lot of um yeah internal conflict within the church which is really good um mm. and it's been like that and i think one of the things is well, in fact i know the the major thing is that we started uh with a very 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 clear vision of who we wanted to be as a church what we wanted to be so um we we decided that we wanted to be a church that um actually was the hands and feet of jesus and the voice of jesus uh mm. in the community and our our purpose statement um as a church is uh, we are a caring, dynamic, multicultural family sharing God's love with our community. And that's what we wanted to be, and it's what we are, and it's what we will we will still try, strive to be. Um, we really believe that a, a church is not a club, but a, a rescue station at the very uh, gates of hell. Um, and we really keep the main thing as the main thing. Um, we look at Jesus and, and his example was he always met people at their point of need and so that's what we try and do um, we don't ever create programs for the sake of creating a program what we do is we we see um, a, a perceived or a felt need in the community and then we, um, we address that so over the years we've had programs that have come and gone as the needs have changed in our community um mm. yeah so yeah, it's for us it's having that very clear vision and and because we're not a a fancy church and in auckland people have so many options of churches to go to uh the people that come along to us come because they believe in the vision of, mm. of what we're doing 
um, and who we are. And mm. that, yeah, makes it. Was that vision hard to arrive at or was it pretty clear from the outset that everyone involved had that same sort of idea? Yeah, that, that's the really um, amazing thing is when we, um, so there was three couples from Nairi Avenue went and, and replanted, um, helped in the replant of the church. And quite a few of the, the original people that were still at Sylvia Park um, stayed on. Mm, cool. Yeah. And we did, before we started Mount Wellington Community Church, we did a lot of uh, visioning exercises with them. And, and, um, and we found out that although they'd lost their way, um, they'd swapped um, practices for principles. Mm. Um, when we paired that away, um, we found that their passion was for seeing people come to Christ mm. um, and, and for um, God's kingdom to be extended. And so as we unpacked that and we looked around, and um, you'll notice in our statement there's nothing about um, sort of musical excellence or, or anything like that. It's, it's about um, family. It's about community um, and, um, and sharing. And so that's, yeah, we arrived at that um, mission statement, vision statement, um, purpose statement, whatever you like to call it, statement of intent, um, right at the very start and it's been with us for the last 27 years um yeah it's mm. good yeah i imagine that um for a lot of people they would who are in a struggling church they would want it to be um if, if it were to take off again to be from people coming to faith um, or people at least who weren't already in a church family rather than um, drawing people from existing churches. Um, I might be making an assumption there, but I imagine that would be the case for a lot of people in that situation. So sure. do you have any thoughts about how you go about reviving a church that isn't just a matter of, you know, a bit of pew shuffling where some people move from uh, another church to your church? Yeah. You yeah, know, we, we were very um, intentional when we started. Um, I got involved with our local ministers fraternal, um, almost straight away and one of the things that we talked about there was we, we really discouraged um, <clears throat> church hopping mm. um, and for us as a church when especially in the early years we would if people came along um, and they were already going to church we would I would sit down with them and explore why they were wanting to to come mm. um, and I'm really happy to say that the growth that we have seen has been a lot. There's been a lot of new conversions, mm. um, a lot of, of prodigals. So that's people mm. that have walked away from not necessarily their faith, but walked away from church mm. and then um, have wanted to reconnect, but reconnect with something different from what they had experienced and what they walked away from. Mm. So we've had a lot of um, prodigals, mm. um, there have been people that have been going to other churches but have moved into the area. Mm. So we are, um, by nature and by design, a local church. Uh, around 85% of the people in our congregation come from the community of Mount Wellington and then the others come from the very near suburbs. So we don't have people that drive across Auckland um, to come to our church and we would we would um, dissuade people from doing that uh, for us, and like I say, every church is different, and that's really cool, but for us, mm. um, we are a, a local 
church in incarnational uh, rather than attractional um, mm. and mm. That, that's our kaupapa that's what we believe yeah mm. excellent a lot of people who are were thinking about stepping into a church leadership role of some kind would probably like to step into a church that was already flourishing and then just take the reins from there. Um, different kind of story when you're stepping into a church that might feel like it could be closing its doors within a few years. So what drew you to take on such a challenging task? Um, for my wife and I, it was very much a call of God. Mm. Um, when I look back at it now, um, you know, we were, uh, we had two young children uh, when we started and, and two were born there and we came from a, a church that was absolutely thriving at that time, 250 on a Sunday morning, big youth group um, and great Sunday school. Uh, and so to uproot our small family and to come to Mount Wellington was a, a big uh, ask. And let's say when I look back, I think, gosh, whatever made us think we could do that. But um, it was God. God placed this call on mm. us. And, and my wife particularly is not one of these people that gets verses. Um, mm. But when she was doing her reading, when we were thinking about this, uh, one morning she got Isaiah fifty-eight twelve, which talks about um, you will be the repairer of broken walls and restorer of streets with dwellings. And for her, that was like God, just black and white saying mm. this is... Um, uh, yeah, and, and so um, it was it wasn't easy um, at the start, but but God was very very gracious, and and we had people around us that um, supported us, um, believed in what we were doing. Um, when we started, it was a faith ministry, so there was no salary attached. Um, a church of seven people doesn't have the wherewithal to pay salary so um, for, for us it was a faith journey and um, but, but God was very faithful in, in that um, and it was exciting it was really exciting and and um, within a, a very short period of time um, we, we started a play group which we didn't ask the the, um, the early childhood uh, department from uh, the government uh, rang me up one day and said hey do you um, look after that church on the corner down there. I said yes, and they said, "Oh, well, we've done an analysis of all the playgroups in Auckland, and there's a big hole where you are. Would you consider starting a playgroup?" And we had two young children, and another couple that came with us had two young children. Um, so we did that, and uh, government paid for it. Um, and within or less than a year, uh, one of the people that was coming along had become a Christian. And I think the people that were in the church that were struggling with some of the changes suddenly went, ah, it's mm. all worth it. Um, now we have this, um, we've we've seen this person come to Jesus. Uh, mm. And they are still uh, attending, not our church, they moved away to the Hawke's Bay, but they're still attending church um, mm. and they still come back and, and meet us. So, yeah, great. that's, um, right. great. that's great. God working. Yeah, yeah great. Well, a lot of our uh, listeners and viewers will be people that are in struggling churches or even perhaps dying churches, um, if we can use that kind of language. So what kind of advice would you have for them? What would you suggest for people in those contexts that they could do to um, help revive their church? Yeah, it's a, a good question and not an easy answer because um, every context is different. But I truly believe that 
if a church is in trouble, it's a leadership issue. Some right. somewhere, somewhere they've got something wrong. Um, they're not keeping the main thing the main thing. Um, as I said before, one of the things that I've seen a lot of is where they people um, choose um, practices over principles, um, or um, you know, is it a salvation issue or is it a tradition issue? And if it's a tradition issue, then it shouldn't be a, a hindrance. Um, and there's actually very few salvation issues uh, that matter. And I've seen a lot of um, churches over the years, to over 27 years, um, a lot of churches try and put a band-aid on things. They might get an evangelistic group to come in for a short period of time, or they might try this or that. But unless there's a fundamental paradigm shift in the church leadership, uh, then nothing is really going to change. Um, yeah. And, mm. and I think, yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing for me. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, are there any mistakes you've made along the way that you think um, people could, our listeners or viewers could learn from? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. We've, we've made, made lots of mistakes, <clears throat> but I, I, I think the one that, the biggest mistake that we made was originally um, I would start to buy into the latest craze. The, mm. you know, craze is probably the wrong word. Um, the, the the latest thing that was mm. that was happening, usually um, from America, um, mm. and um, <clears throat> but it didn't take long for me to see the folly in in that approach. <clears throat> and say in 27 years, I've seen so many different um, expressions of church, you know, that mm. became all the rage. Mm. They come and they go, um, different forms of outreach, and they come and they go. <clears throat> and at the end of the day, it's just about doing what God has asked you to do faithfully, mm. <clears throat> and he will give the increase. Um, I, I think, you know, you can look and, and listen from at these other things and, and um, you know, chew it out and, and suck the, the good juices out. Um, but to try and copy or do the same as another church has done just won't work in your context. Mm. Uh, well, usually doesn't work. And there's this wonderful word called prevenience, um, which is the idea that God is always working. Um, mm. And, mm. and that's what we've seen. Um, time and time again that, that God is doing stuff in people's lives. He, that, that's what he does. Mm. Um, and <clears throat> he just wants us to listen to him and, and to join in with that, mm. um, with, with what he's doing. Um, there is no um, no one way of doing things. And, and I'd like to give you two examples. We have a, a lady in the church that is now part of our sound and data team um, had a wonderful um, conversion experience, but we've been walking with her for, for almost that whole 27 years. Um, mm. Her son, she brought her son along to play group, um, but she never came to church, never engaged with church. Then her son came to our school holiday program. Then he got with our young, younger teens um, group and then our youth group. Um, and um, he got baptised. Um, and but mum still wouldn't have anything to do with church, uh, mm. and then eventually we ran the um, oh, 
gosh. Um, long story short, sorry. Oh, yep. <laughs> and um, and she agreed to come along to that, and mm. that was the start of her conversion um, right, journey. Great. Um, and yeah, and now she's like I say a, a vital and functioning part mm. of our church community. Mm. But that was a, a long haul. Um, and then we've got another guy who, whose car was stolen and left outside our church. It was van you was stolen. Um, I made contact with his company. Um, they came and collected it. He texted me a few days later and said, "Oh, you know, Russell, what can I do to repay you?" And um, you know, I said, "Well, that's not how churches work. Right? We, <laughs> what can we do to help you?" Yeah. Um, and he said, "Oh, nothing." And then a little while later, things had gone pretty wrong for him. And he texted me and he said, oh, can I talk? Mm. And then um, he ended up coming and staying at our house uh, for mm. a few days. And um, and as part of that, um, became a Christian. And mm. still, and this is only you know, a couple of years ago now, and wow. still coming to, to church. But Great. Uh, there's this one example of walking with somebody for 27 years. And yeah. then this other example of, a, yeah. you know, three months. And it was, mm. yeah, so... Mm. Yeah, fantastic. You can't put God in a box. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. So, um, you know, going back to when you were at Nairi Avenue, you were sort of from the outside looking in at this church and, and seeing potential there. For those that are listening or watching that are in a struggling church and perhaps are looking around and thinking, you know, we we need to do something to breathe new life into this, Um do you recommend or is it necessary for churches then to try and sort of partner with other churches and say, hey, have you got leaders that can step in and, and breathe a bit of new life into this? Or can it be done completely sort of from within? Yeah, a, a great, great question. And that's a, a, another very difficult one to, to answer because um, – I, again, I think each situation is is different, but as I said before, the problem is is with leadership. So if it's the leadership that are going, hey, we we realise, and that's what happened at at, at um, Sylvia Park. They mm -hmm. realised that they needed some tr transformative change, some mm -hmm. paradigm shift, and so um, it cost them. It was a sacrifice because mm -hmm. they were used to things doing one way and mm. and um, they felt that was right and so for to change um, took a sacrifice on their part and I, I want to really um, tell talk all them um, mm. to really um, honor them uh, for that um, <clears throat> so but if, if if it's church leadership that are looking um, and want to change then I really suggest that they look at some church plants or re sorry church replants that have happened <clears throat> ours is just one um and but but look at ones that are it's five years down the track or ten years down the track because again there's um a lot of stuff that gets promoted because it's the 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 latest and greatest but mm. nobody ever looks at it critically like say in, in five years, ten years down the track. <clears throat> right. So really, really encourage the, the leadership to to look at church plants, to drill down and, and find out what were the what are the what's the heart what what's the the, the wider of mm. of the church um and and to look at those sorts of things um i i think there's really 
really good benefit in bigger, uh, stronger churches supporting struggling churches. And that might be, again, um, it, it's a sacrificial thing. So the, that big church um, might go say, okay, so here's some really good people from 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 us, and we're going to actually not lend them to you, but mm. but but give these people, um, mm. yeah, send them to you uh, to to be involved. Um, and so, and and that's what happened in our case. You know, there was um, three couples from Nairiev came down, and we, um, together with the people that were at Sylvia Park Gospel Chapel, um, we created a new entity. It wasn't a, a re branded Nairiev and it wasn't um, a rebranded uh, Sylvia Park. It was a new entity with mm. a new Kaupapa, a new ethos that was mm. Mount Wellington Community Church. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. No, that's, that's really interesting. Um, for those that are in ailing churches, it might be a situation where they think, what, where do I even just get started? Um, so what would you suggest is just a starting point first step for people in this situation? Oh, look, just um, be, have the humility of the elders at Sylvia Park Chapel and, and let's reach out and, and say to, um, you know, I mean, I'm happy to take phone calls or emails, um, mm. but but there, there might be um, other churches in, in the geographical location. Um, but, yeah, reach out and, um, and, and seek help. Um, mm. the, what I've... A truism is if you want to truly want to extend the kingdom of God and want people to come to know um, the amazing love of Jesus Christ, um, then God will let that happen. Um, mm. that, that's what he wants. He, he mm. wants um, uh, people to come into um, full and whole relationship with him and each other. <clears throat> and... Uh, so yeah, I say mm. just reach out. Mm. What um, what is the benefit of doing what you did with um, Sylvia Park, and you know, sort of in one sense, wrapping it up and bringing that chapter to a close, and then starting again afresh with something new, a new entity. What is the what what are the pros of doing it that way as opposed to just sort of stepping in and let continuing on with the same sort of name and, and yeah, kaupapa and um, identity. Yeah, um, there's huge benefits. Um, for for one, uh, people that are looking on and that may have had um, experience of the church in the past um, that don't want that experience anymore, um, to have a, a, a rebrand, um, a, a new name, um, signifies something uh, to them. And um, it, it also, so we, when we came to Sylvia Park, we didn't change anything for quite a few months. Um, I think it was five or six months um, where we just met with them. We did church the way that they had always been doing church. And we went through the, the, the ex those visioning exercises. We, we, we dug down into what they believed church should be. Um, and, and that was when we had the celebration, and and so the 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 celebration service was acknowledging everything um, that had happened at that church in the past. And um, I still meet people today who, when they 
find out where I am, say, oh, I used to go to rally at that church, um, mm. you know, many years ago when it was Sylvia Park. Um, I, you know, there's, there's sometimes when we have something that is familiar to us, it, it becomes ours and, and we don't like it to be changed. Mm. And so there's a, a psychological um, aspect of it too, so that we weren't, we, we celebrated Sylvia Park and, and closed it. And then the next week we had Mount Wellington Community Church. And so we weren't, we weren't playing around with their, their old church. Um, they were coming right. to a new church um, right. where we were all united under this one vision. Uh, and that, I think that was really, really beneficial um, for people in the community looking on. We, we did some things like um, it used to have a big Macrocarpa hedge um, along hiding the church actually and and so we, we cut that down and put up a new sign and, mm. and so people in the community suddenly went oh hey there's this this new thing happening mm. um, yeah so yeah. I, I would I would really commend that sort of um, way of doing it, it, mm. it and it gives you it gives you license um, mm. in a sense to to be new yeah yeah no, I can see that. I mean, obviously, um, in a struggling church, you're going to have to do something different. And like you say, if you can do something like that, that gives you a bit of extra um, permission um, and license to do that, then that sounds really, uh, really savvy. Are there times where a church shouldn't be revived or um, are there times where it's it's best that a church just be wrapped up and people accept that it's it doesn't have much of a future or do you feel like no that we always should fight to keep these churches open yeah. and alive yeah um look i i think if there's an absolute intransience in the in the leadership um that there is only one way to do church and it's the way we're doing it um and if they can't um, perceive that that something's not working um, then I think, yeah, it, it needs to be mm. closed because it actually damages people. Mm. Um, pe people get disillusioned and hurt. Mm. Um, and, and so in those cases, but um, if there's willingness on the, on the church leadership part to, like I say, to engage in change, and, and that's why I really want to, I, I think the, the el elders of Sylvia Park Chapel were heroes because they they chose um, uh, to to sacrifice some of the stuff that they held near and dear. Um, I think if if it's a, like in a very small community where there aren't many people around, um, that's maybe a, a good thing. But you know, in most provincial towns, certainly in every city, there is no need for a church to not exist. Um, because the, you know, our, we, we aren't even getting 10% of the population going to church on a Sunday now. Um, so there is plenty of scope, um, for, for healthy churches to exist mm. and, and to reach the community. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. we are, yeah, I mean, so we, we are the salt and the light. That's, mm. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 So we need churches growing and opening, not, not shutting their doors. So yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, thanks for sharing your experiences about how churches that are facing that possibility of um, closure or um, 
you know, fizzling out in some way, um, giving them some ideas about how they can perhaps forge ahead and, and hopefully um, step into a brighter, healthier future for their church. And yeah. really appreciate that, Russell. You do a bit of work with um, Reach Beyond. I was yeah. wondering, just to finish off, if you could just tell us a little bit about the stuff you do with them in case our um, audience was interested in looking into that a bit more. Sure. Um, look, there's something that we're doing at the moment that is hugely exciting. Um, we've got a, a thing called the Super Bible, and it's available on iOS and Android. Uh, it's it's a free app, and there's over 40 languages on there at the moment, and uh, a total of 80 comics. And um, it's just going gangbusters all around the world, mm. um, and especially, funnily enough, in Russia at the moment. Oh. But the other thing here, particular to New Zealand, is we have um, this uh, this one here, which is um, the first of the comics, and it's called The Story, um, or Titino Korero. Uh, and this is a bilingual comic, so it has um, English on one page and Tadeo on the other. Right. Uh, and this is available free. Uh, you go to our uh, website, um, www.reachbeyond.nz, and you can um, order them. Uh, I say they're, they're free. Um, and at the moment, we've just done the latest print run of 20,000, uh, and those have been distributed to uh, the prisons, um, uh, to kura and schools, um, churches that um, have uh, uh, work amongst um, uh, particularly Māori youth uh, are grabbing them. So, yeah, we, we just want everybody to, to to get them and make use of them yeah um, yeah no, it looks fantastic yeah, other stuff other exciting stuff we're doing but for me that's the 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 most important one for new zealand at the moment yeah, yeah and just for those that are listening and not viewing um russell held up the comic and that the illustrations look really awesome and it looks like it would really appeal to a lot of people who might otherwise not be um engaging with scripture so that's fantastic um and so if you want to interest interested in checking that out a bit more just go to reachbeyond.nz and um and you'll find out more russell thanks once again for your time today it's been a really interesting chat and um, i'm hoping that it'll be well used by um, those that are facing a, a challenging situation in their churches so thanks for sharing appreciate it oh, it's been an absolute pleasure thank you Ka kite anō. Ka kite.